Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and place a $1 bet and get $200 in free bets. It's just that easy. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, episode three of the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Um, We are missing Petey today, so it's just me and Craig. Do we Um, put out the APB? Yeah, we, we don't know where he is. <laughs> if you see kidding. a sad-looking, thin guy in Viking horns today, let us know because we're not sure what we're <laughs> True. We have an image that we can tweet out for you. It, <laughs> it is uh, PD in horns, and it is a very accurate image. So he will not be with us today. He will be back with us later in the week. Um, so for today, it's just me and Craig, but we have a lot to talk about today, Craig. Um, I think it's fair to say when it comes to the Coyotes and arenas, it is not drama free. It is, in fact, filled with all sorts of drama. We probably should have had horror music to bring in the segment to tell people that we're talking about the arena because it's been whew, it's been an ongoing horror story for at least 12 years. Maybe since they moved to Glendale in 2003, it's been a horror story, but Everybody knows the the backdrop, I think, that's followed the Coyotes for a while. It started way back in 2009 when Jerry Moyes tried to put the team into bankruptcy. The NHL seized it, took ownership for it for four seasons, and we'll, we'll get into that timeline in a bit, but it's been an insane run in Glendale ever since. Yes, for sure. And I kind of, you know, obviously a lot has happened in the last month alone with Glendale coming out and saying they would not renew the lease um, with the Coyotes making a bid for the city of Tempe. But like you mentioned, I kind of want to go, we don't have to spend too much time, but I kind of just want to go back to the beginning because there's, it feels like there's almost never been a moment that the Coyotes have been here where there's been a sense of this is, this is great. This is the great setup. This is the perfect arena for this team. I feels like there's never been that for one minute here. Yeah, when, when they first arrived in the Valley, America West Arena worked. That's what it was called, I guess, two title sponsors ago or two naming rights ago, at least two. I can't keep track anymore. But for, for the first little while, although it had that obstructed view at the, at the north end where people were sitting basically right on top of the glass with baseball mitts and no netting and thinking they were just <laughs> fine, um, it worked for the most part. They actually drew really well down there. They made the playoffs several seasons down there, and they, they had a really good following when they first moved to the Valley. But the, the economics of the league changed so quickly with player salaries in particular that then-owner Richard Burke realized he needed an arena of his own in order for them to make a go of it. They couldn't be a tenant in somebody else's arena, and that's what started this incredible story. Uh, they, they tried to get a story built on the side of Los Arcos Mall in Scottsdale, and they were actually still in negotiations when they pulled the plug because it, things weren't going well with the city council there, clearly. They pulled the plug because they had a, a sweet offer from the city of Glendale to come to the west side where uh, forecasts at the time said all the growth of the, of the valley was going out that way. They got a sweet deal. Steve Elman was was uh, his partner there, and, and, and he wanted to build uh, you know the entire Westgate complex around it. That's where he was going to make his money. And Richard Burke even way back then said, it's not going to work in Glendale. The economics will not work in Glendale. So he sold the team to Elman. Elman moved it out West and, and here we are, Leah. 
Yep, here we are. And not only that, I mean, the timing couldn't have been more horrific for them with banking on all of the entertainment in Glendale to help them pay back what they borrowed to build the arena. And then in 2008, there was a recession. So really, like it, the timing couldn't have been worse for that as well. It's really too bad because I looked up where that location would have been in Scottsdale, and it's literally like central, 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 like for everyone. Um, so that would have been real nice. I didn't even know about that one because that was back when I was too young to be knowing what was going on. <laughs> exactly. um, I was not too young. I was actually covering that story while a part of the East Valley Tribune, which was also a victim of that recession that we just talked about. But yeah, it's, you, you, you hate to, to play the what if game, but you know, a, a lot of people have wondered if you could change one thing in the course of Coyotes history, what would it be? That would be where I would point. I would say that they got the arena built in Scottsdale in the first place in South Scottsdale. And I, I wonder what the butterfly effect of all that would have been on this franchise if we wouldn't have seen all the struggles that we've seen if, if this team would really have a solid foundation in the city by now, when you look at that side of the city, and I know a lot of West siders get a little perturbed when we talk about this being the ideal location over on the East side, I get it. You want it on your side. You love your town, but when you dive into the economics of it, when you dive into their, their season ticket holders, it's about three quarters of their premium season ticket holders that live on the East side of town. The revenue is coming from the East side. Quite bluntly, the wealth base of the city is on the east side and still the population base of the city is on the east side. When you're talking about that location, not only are you close to all of that, you're close to Tempe and ASU with its thriving nightlife and the campus. You're close to uh, Old Town Scottsdale. There's so much that's attractive about that location. It, it would have been a much better location. I don't know how much better they would have drawn. People have always asked me that question. How many more fans does that mean per game? probably like 1,500 to 2,000 more fans, but that's that's all speculation. But it's so much more than that. Again, premium season ticket holders, corporate sponsorships, more money to spend, success. It, it, it all filters down. So again, it didn't happen, and we ended up in this situation instead. Yeah, and as someone who has you know lived the, a good chunk of my life here, at least since I was nine years old, I – there's always people out there saying like, can hockey work in the desert? I don't think it's a matter of that because I do feel like the culture for hockey is here. Um, I feel like there's a passion for hockey. You look at the ice den in Scottsdale, the ice den in Chandler, um, AZ ice and Gilbert, all those places. I mean, the youth hockey culture, the just everything surrounding hockey in Arizona. I mean, people want hockey. They're excited about hockey. So I get upset when people say, oh, it can't work. Well, what can't work is every, everything that you just said is an arena on a side of town where three quarters of people are not residing. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that has always bothered me as a Coyotes fan because I do feel like in the right place that, that, that this team and this market could really, really thrive. Yeah, we'll get into all the, the just move the team narratives that that we've heard yeah. for so many years it's such a lazy narrative and it's such an uninformed narrative if you're if you're going to at least suggest that then then come with an informed argument understand the entire situation here because it is it's just a knee-jerk reaction that doesn't account for many variables in this situation many of which we just talked about right that it, it is the wealth base of the city over here their season ticket holders are over here. Corporate sponsorships would be better over here. There's so much to look at there. But you mentioned another one that's really important. And, and I know a lot of people like to point to Austin Matthews as the, as the poster boy for growth of hockey in Arizona. And he's a great, great player to point to because he's playing in hockey mecca right now, your hometown of Toronto. You know, I, I don't know what would have happened to Austin Matthews if, if the Coyotes hadn't been here. But when you look at the growth of youth hockey in the state, you look at the USA hockey statistics, Arizona is always among the top states in growth. And you can say that's because there wasn't a big base to begin with. And that's true, but it's still growing exponentially. We're seeing the impact that the Coyotes have had year over year. It, it, it's, it's an undeniable statistic. Yeah. Well, and getting back to, I guess, the drama of Glendale, um, just to finish out that timeline. So 
where do we, where even were we? I mean, in, <laughs> in 2014, the team changed the name to the Arizona Coyotes as part of an agreement with Glendale. In 2015, the Glendale City Council voted to end its 15-year agreement, but then they eventually approved a two-year deal, um, which lowered their payments. And then in 2016, it moved to year to year. In 2017, Gary Bettman said that the Coyotes must have a new arena location to succeed. 2019, um, Alex Morello bought the 95% stake in the team. In 2020, it came out that the team was at least $500,000 behind in payments to the arena management company. And that leads us kind of all to what's happened in, the la in this summer alone, Craig, which was that the city of Glendale came out and said um, they would not be renewing. Am I allowed to drink on this show? Because you just depressed Absol me with that time. Absolutely. Take, this Absolutely. is actually water. I'm just assuring everyone I'm, I'm not drinking alcohol on the show. I am drinking water. But we should actually go back one year before that to 2013 because I remember it all too well. That's when the NHL was still trying to – they had a number of suitors, uh, guys trying to buy the team. I, I interviewed far too many of them. In 2013, the ICE Arizona group finally secured the financing to purchase the team but they needed an arena lease deal. I was sitting in on all those city council meetings in Glendale. I was listening to open mic night and <laughs> remembering, remembering somebody who I won't name because I don't want to get him in trouble wishing for a trap door uh, underneath uh, open mic night so we could get some of those people <laughs> off the mic. But they finally got a deal secured from the city of Glendale, a 15-year agreement, as you mentioned. And it looked like this was going to be a path forward there. You could make the argument that it was not a good deal for Glendale, but they signed the deal. And then two years later, they broke the deal. You know, there, there was a, a, most people know about the conflict of interest that they cited uh, that never made its way into the legal process. I still wonder how that would have played out because I had multiple legal experts telling me that the Coyotes had the better case there, but they opted not to do it. They went to the year to year lease. And then, then we got to the timeline that you just mentioned all the way to present day where Glendale has told the Coyotes this coming season will be their last season in Glendale. I have been told by multiple people that it's not a negotiating ploy, including city officials who said it on the record. Kevin Phelps, the city manager, said it. He was quite eloquent in laying out Glendale's entire plan uh, in a story that I wrote recently. But we'll see if that's the case. Um, it, I, when I look at Glendale, I, I know that they have a forecast that shows that they only need to add 20 events to replace the, the 43 Coyotes events that they lose. Concert goers do tend to spend a little more money. There are a lot of people that come in from town, from out of town. They stay at hotels. They tend to go out to eat. Um, Coyotes fans a lot of times just come in for the game and then they leave. So I get all that. What I question is, are there 20 shows out there that they can actually book? I did this story three years ago and had promoters telling me, in fact, there were not 20 shows out there. It would be really difficult to secure that. So We'll see how this all plays out. I still wonder if there's a deal to be struck with, with the city of Glendale to keep the Coyotes there while they try and get this Tempe deal done. Uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman told me quite bluntly that he's, he still believes that this is a negotiating ploy and he, he still thinks that there's a path forward with Glendale in the short term. But we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, I guess you and I are going to talk about the other options in case they can't come back to Glendale after next season. Yeah, we will definitely take a look at that because right now, I mean, if we can talk all we want about the team on the ice, but if they don't have a place to play, then <laughs> there's really not much for us to talk about. But, you know, when um, Alex Morello bought this team, something that was appealing for him was going to be the sports betting license. And, you know, as many people know here, um, our show is brought to everyone by Drafting Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and sports betting is now live in Arizona. Just in time for football, started last weekend, continuing into the week. I enjoyed sitting on my couch all day yesterday, taking it all in. Um, and then to, so to celebrate that, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week. Receive $200 in free bets instantly. And to add to the excitement, there's an exclusive no-brainer offer that you don't want to miss this week. DraftKings is giving all customers who sign up now a shot to double their money. If Arizona or Minnesota scores one point during Sunday's football game, I mean... You really can't go wrong with that one. Um, DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. Uh, download the 
DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PHNX to get your $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only for free bet promotion. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Maximum $50 wager for this no-brainer offer. One per customer. See DraftKings.com slash sportbook for details. Leah, can so, I point out that that uh, my pick of the week, by the way, was spot on? Yes, you really nailed it. against the Bears, so it was so easy. I mean... You really can't go wrong with that one. So follow, follow Craig for more amazing picks. And speaking of following Craig as well. No, no, don't, don't. Don't follow me for more picks. I just do it yeah. bet against the Bears in that one. And, and it, yeah, well, it started so it started so beautifully until they threw an interception in the end zone. And then the Rams had scored like seconds later. And I knew it was heading toward the fate that I assumed all along. Death, taxes, and bet against the Bears. <laughs> uh, but anyway, speaking of following Craig, maybe not his gambling picks, but today is the last day to have access to all the content on gophnx.com. So if you would like access to Craig's stories behind the paywall, not just written content, we'll have video content as well, and not just for our podcast, but for all of the beats, um, sign up for a membership today. Um, not only do you get access to all of that, you get a free shirt, you get access to our members-only Discord, which I have to say, they have been chatting all morning since 6 a.m. They've been doing the best Coyotes teams of all time today. They've been talking about John Chaika's legacy. I mean, it is like a whole conversation in there. I love it. Um, so if you want to be part of that, be sure to um, sign up for membership at gophnx.com. Um, if you like our merchandise, you can check it out at phnxlocker.com. And if you don't want to do the whole year membership yet and just want to try it out. If you um, sign up, you can get your first month just for 50 cents. So speaking really of discord, by the way, uh, they, the Coyotes have their uh, black, white scrimmage tonight to close out prospect development camp. And I think a number of people know this already, but I'm going to be live chatting with fans on our discord channel. Of course, to get on our discord channel, you have to sign up for PHNX. So hopefully you'll join me there and we can, Talk about just about whatever you want to talk about. There may be some things that are off limits, but I'll, I'll allow most things tonight. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Perfect. Well, you have until what time is that, Craig? Six o'clock tonight? 6 p.m. is puck drop. I'll probably be on a few minutes early, depending on traffic. All right. Perfect. Well, yeah, all the way out to Glendale. And that brings us to our next segment, um, Vetting Valley Venues. And we are going to go through some of the first, we're going to go through some of the ones that are possibilities. They actually have, they are actually viable options. We will go through each of them and then we're going to just quickly run down some clear no's. So why don't we start with one that is an interesting option, potentially viable, um, the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. These are the three we're going to be looking at. Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Chase Field, and Gila River Arena. Let's start with Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> the Madhouse on McDowell. Obviously, people know that this building has a great history. Um, it's where the Suns played initially. The Roadrunners played there. So many other events have been held there. Um, it is, it's old. Uh, it would need a lot of work, and I, I'm not even sure how much work it would need yet, but it doesn't have the ice plant anymore, so they, they'd have to get the, the ability to produce ice in there, first of all. They'd probably have to do a number of other upgrades. You, you see the capacity here. I don't think that's an issue for the Coyotes for the next few seasons, given you know the rebuild and, and, and the probable interest in the team uh, from a, a live viewing standpoint. But there are no luxury suites. Again, they'll have to sink a, a fair amount of money into this building if they end up playing there. And it's not going to be a massive revenue producer for them. So this would have to be a, sort of a bite the bullet for a, for a little bit of time, assuming they can get that Tempe deal done, whatever that timeline is. But I, I do think that this is an option that the Coyotes have and, and will explore um, as, as a possibility if they can't go back to Glendale. For sure. Um, and I think, I think that, the uh, location is definitely something that makes it appealing. What is not appealing would be just its age. And also there's some 
other activities that have been going on in there. So that could play a factor. We'll steer well. away from all that. Exactly. Uh, Joe, exactly. Yeah, I, you know, the, the, here's the thing about the Coliseum. It, it's clearly not an ideal NHL arena, but I just, you know, just a couple seasons ago when we were still traveling with teams, I went and covered the Coyotes at the Islanders playing at Nassau Coliseum out on Long Island. And clearly that's not an NHL arena anymore either, but it, it, it has a history as well. It has this cool retro vibe. And there were elements of it that I really loved, including the closest press box to the ice in the NHL. You really could cover a game from there. It, it has a lot of character. And I think if the Coyotes were to go down this road, that would be the way to sell it. Just, just look at this building's history. Celebrate all of that. Celebrate the intimate atmosphere that exists there. It's a loud arena, too. There could be a lot of positives in going, you know, this retro route for a few seasons until they, you know, hopefully get their arena built in Tempe. And besides having to invest money for the ice aspect, what other things would they have to change before it could become a viable NHL arena? That's a good question. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot that I need to, to, to look into. I'm not sure what the seats look like if they need to do that. Locker room, the team areas would be another area to look. I don't know what, how, how the parking would, would work for everyone in that area. Obviously, they've done that in the past. So maybe that's, you know, that, that is solvable already with uh, existing lots in the area, but it's something that I want to dive into a little more to get a better sense of what it would really require to get that building up to snuff. Definitely. And that's something we will be doing. Um, all right. Next up chase field. <laughs> I don't know how anybody feels about this. I, I don't know if the coyotes are going to go this route, if they're going to at least explore it, but they have been, they have a terrific relationship with the diamondbacks. They always have um, playing in a baseball stadium is clearly not ideal it's cavernous, first of all. So no matter what you do, it's always going to look mostly empty unless you really tighten the camera angles. The layout of the arena will be weird, so you have to figure out the stands. There are a lot of other issues to sort out, with the, again, with the team areas and all of that. But it's not unprecedented. Tampa Bay actually did this in Thunderdome a long, a long time ago before they moved into their new arena. They had a weird configuration. If you want to see what that looks like, you can find it easily online. But they played there for a while and they made it work until they got their own arena in place. So maybe it's a possibility. I don't know. In terms of location, it's central Phoenix. So that's a good thing for the Coyotes. And, you know, we talk a lot on the show about following in Tampa's footsteps in terms of, you know, <laughs> yeah. developing prospects. So maybe we'll just follow them all the way and do the arena thing, too. <laughs> what do you think about that? Like, can you imagine? Play? I don't know. I'm still imagining covering a hockey game in a baseball stadium. I've spent a lot of time in that building as well, because I I've covered a lot of diamondbacks games in the past. I just, I can't get a sense of what that would feel like and how, how difficult it might be to cover a game there. I and you know, you think about the uh, madhouse on Madison, how that could be a packed arena, the chase field, you would get the opposite effect because no matter how much you try, there's just, it's just going to feel like beyond empty. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I know where the, the, I assume the press box would be the same thing, you know, behind, behind home plate. Uh, maybe they'd fix out, fix something else, but you think you're far away as a, a reporter. Now, when you're at Gila river arena up high, at least you have a good angle. So you're fairly close to the ice. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that I don't have the best eyesight in the world. So I might have to get some special glasses if I have to cover games at chase field. All right. And then the last of the viable options, as we talked about at the beginning, um, is Gila River Arena. I mean, that's not off the table. Yeah. I don't know where, where things are going to go. A again, Glendale saying it's not a negotiating ploy. They need to move on. And from their perspective, and I've written this as well, you understand it. Look, the, the Coyotes and, and the league, headed by Gary Bettman, have been telling Glendale for many years, we're leaving. We can't stay there. It's not viable. So when you have a team and a league telling you that for so many years, you probably have to look at plan B. I'm not saying that Glendale's forecasting is completely accurate. I do question some of the things that they're saying publicly. I don't think it's quite as rosy. I hope it is for them. You know, you hope that uh, they have success there because you don't want to see, you don't want to see a, a city get into a really dire situation with their arena. I hope they can find a way to make it viable if in fact this is the end, but at the same time, I, I wonder, can you fill those dates and aren't you better off like exploring that long term while you have a sure thing in the short term? They know that the Coyotes are going to fill 43 dates. Granted, they take up some premium dates that they might want to use for something else. But 
it's a sure thing. I still wonder if there isn't a deal to be had here while the Coyotes try and get another arena built. Um, it might cost the Coyotes uh, now that they're in this situation. You know, Glendale can basically charge them. I wouldn't say what they want because the Coyote, we, we just talked about a couple of other potential options, but I got to believe that would cost them more to stay there. And the other thing that I've, I've said over and over again is when Glendale looks at the long-term future of the Coyotes, they're looking at this arena over in Tempe. That would be a direct competitor for the shows that they're trying to book. There's already one downtown with Footprint Center where the Suns play. You've got Cricket Pavilion. You've got other smaller venues. But there's a lot of competition in this market for shows. Glendale knows that if the Coyotes get that arena built, it's a more attractive venue because it's in a more attractive location. Again, it's right near ASU and all that Mill Avenue, et cetera, has to offer. It's near Old Town Scottsdale. If you're a promoter, that's I, – I don't know how to put it any other way. It's just a more attractive location. So that creates even more competition for them, which could make it really hard on Glendale to fill those dates they're looking to fill at Gila River Arena. For sure. Of those three that we just talked about, and this is not asking you what you know, just from your own perspective, what do you see as what's most likely to happen? I just, I don't want to speculate too much. Yeah. I, I would, I would probably put Chase at number three, but I don't know where to put those other two yet. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just say that, those, the, you know, either the Coliseum or going back to Glendale would be my top two options at this point. Yeah, fair enough. And it seems like in either of those directions that they'll probably end up losing. The team will probably end up losing money because either you're investing in the Coliseum or you're paying Glendale. So, yeah, not just not a good situation all around, as per usual, as per the last 26 years of this team. Um then there's the rumors of some other arena suggestions that people have thrown out also in Arizona. We're not going to look at outside of Arizona yet. Um, and these ones, when you wrote a story on this a few weeks ago, you said these were all the clear no's. So I just want to run through the list and hear why each of these are a clear no. The first being the uh, Footprint Center, which is where the Suns currently play. Remember that? Uh, what I said about the Coyotes having a terrific relationship with the Diamondbacks. Well, yes. they don't have that with Robert Sarver. They've made overtures in the past to try and move back down there to see if they could work out any sort of deal. And they have all been rebuffed. I, I am, I, I continually hear that there is no chance that they will be playing at footprint center. Again, that, that arena would need some work as well to get the ice up to snow, probably do some other things, but I just, I don't see it happening. I, I really don't think that that's an option for them. Which and also, <laughs> sorry, but what, what I was just saying about, you know, the, the new arena in Tempe being competition for Glendale, it would also be competition for Footprint Center. So you have yeah. to look at it from that angle as well. Yeah, that's very true. It's too bad because the Footprint Center, they just underwent a renovation and the arena is beautiful inside. I've been in um, since and obviously it would need work for hockey, but it's really too bad because the location is perfect. The arena itself is amazing so not vodka not vodka okay, okay. <laughs> just keep telling us that craig and we'll believe it eventually mm -hmm. all right next up we have the desert financial arena yeah um if if uh if hockey were able to be played in that arena asu would have done it Let, let's just put it that way they've explored that extensively exhaustively it is not up to snuff they can't they can't make it work for hockey so there's no chance of that happening now when you look at it from a capacity standpoint, that's another arena where you say, oh, th this could really work. But ASU has looked into that already. That's why, they build the, they're, that's why they're building the new arena where they're building it. They, they just couldn't make it work at Desert Finance. I can't keep track of all these sponsorships. I'll still always know it as Wells Fargo, but that, that's clearly not the case. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's off the table. And I'll preempt you on this one with the ASU new arena. It's only 5,000 seats, folks. It, it, it's not big enough, first of all, for an NHL team. Secondly... ASU is not allowing it. That's the, the, the time for an ASU Coyotes partnership on arena has passed. It, it's over. ASU would not want the Coyotes in that arena. Wasn't there a time where that was something that they were discussing before oh, yeah. ASU went forward with this? Yeah, we even had renderings. We, there was a press conference where the Coyotes showed up and ASU did not, which was really weird. That yeah, was, that, you know, that's kind yeah. of sketchy. I feel like that would give you a sign that this might not work out. Yeah, it was a it was a beautiful looking uh, rendering. It was supposed to be on the site of the old Karsten Golf Course, so that that land there that ASU is looking to develop anyway, and, and has started to develop. 
it was it was again it would have been a fantastic site but it it fell through for a couple reasons the coyotes really weren't bringing enough money to the table first of all and secondly uh there was i, I won't get too deep in the weeds with with how this was the, the legislature was sort of tying this money to money that asu was also looking for for its engineering school so Michael Crow just threw up his hands and said, okay, we're, we're more focused on education here. Let's worry about the engineering school. And there's also been some suggestions from people. We'll kind of tie these two in one because the reason why they wouldn't work is tied together. Tucson Arena and the Finley Toyota Center in Prescott. Too far away from the fan base, too small. Like, yeah, no, no chance. Think of the logistics of that. What are you going to do with the team for an entire season if you're playing in Tucson or or Prescott? Are you going to house them for an entire season and pay that cost? Are they going to be away from their families or are you going to commute, which nobody wants to do? The logistics of that are an absolute nightmare. Then think about like the training staffs and what they would have to deal with. There's no way either of those two is an option. Yeah, for sure. And also the TV stuff, the press, everything. I mean, I worked in the Tucson arena, so I know what that setup is like. And for a for 41 games for an NHL season. I don't know. Cool NHL, cool venue for an NHL team, though. I actually I mean, really like. Going it's a out very there. cool venue. Yeah, I really. I mean, I spent many, 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 many hours of my life in that arena, and I love. Can it, I give so. another shout out to El Charo Cafe while I'm while we're on Oh here. yeah, of course. I love talking. I think everyone knows in Tucson now. I love talking about Tucson and Tucson food. Yeah. Good time, good time there at the U of A. All right, well. That's the uh, the Valley Arenas. Um, and before we move on into the outside of Arizona section, which we I was already know. You word that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. The, the, the rumors that we will be shutting down, spoiler alert. Um, I just want to go back to talking about something that is not a rumor. Um, and that is that like I said before, sports betting is legal in Arizona. And that offer that I talked about earlier, uh, the $1 or yeah, the bet on the one point for the Arizona Minnesota game. I had that same offer for myself last weekend for yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. I made so much money on that. I like, I love sports betting now. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I love it. And I love having my free bets from the $200 free bets because I get to have trial and error and not be losing my own money. Um, so I've had a really easy experience with it. And everyone listening should for sure take that offer up because it's literally so easy. So just signing up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code PHNX, $200 in free bets. You can use many of those bets on that offer um, for the one for the 1.1 I like I think I made like a hundred bucks on that easily so it's super super easy uh easy to use and just don't bet on the bears like we said earlier on the bears (laughs) my only advice on betting don't bet on the bears yeah exactly all right so we talked about all the options in Arizona and now we're going to talk about the options. Long options. Outside. <laughs> We're going to talk about the options outside of Arizona. And I think, oh, <laughs> look at that. I love that graphic. There are no options outside of Arizona. <laughs> How many more cities can we fit on that? Can we sweep yeah, Stockholm in there? What are we missing on there? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So many rumors. Do we, do we actually want to run through like each of these? Do we, do we need to? Like, look, I think Houston is the rumor du jour, although Quebec is still trying to get a team back there ever since they lost the Nordiques to Colorado and our, you know, our sister site, DNVR. Um, Quebec, is, Quebec is a wonderful hockey city. I, I played in the famed Peewee tournament up there a long time ago. I'm not going to tell you how long ago, but it, it is a hockey-crazed city. I love the city too. It's beautiful, but from a corporate sponsorship standpoint, from a media market standpoint, it's just not what Phoenix is. Uh, I, I know that's hard for, for people in Quebec to hear. It's, this is an attractive market to the NHL. We just became the fifth largest city in the U.S. I think we're the 10th largest media market now. That matters. All of that matters. Corporate sponsorships, growth, all the things that we're talking about, they matter to the NHL. So cross Quebec off. As far as Houston, Houston may be the only market in the United States available still 
that might be more attractive than Phoenix. But there are problems there as well. I know everyone thinks, oh, Tillman Fertitta wants a hockey team, the, the owner of the Rockets. Well, I'm not sure T- Tillman Fertitta can actually swing and, and, and make that happen. Uh, and, and I've been told by multiple sources that he can't. And if that's the case, then you're talking about moving a team with another owner into Houston and becoming a tenant again in arena. But more importantly than all of that, I, rather, rather than giving you the reasons why they're not going to go to that market, and maybe they will in the future if they expand again, let's list the reasons why they're staying in Arizona. Um, look, I know every ownership group in here has come and said they're committed to staying in Arizona, committed to finding an arena solution. Well, Alex Morello is clearly doing that, but the end game here and something you were just talking about in that last read is sports betting. He is one of 10 license holders. There's a lot of money in that. That was the end game here. He wants to build an entire district district around, you know, a, an entertainment and uh, retail and restaurants and shopping, whatever, whatever ends up going up around that Tempe arena. This has all been part of the end game, but sports betting is very lucrative. Alex Morello knows this game. He owns two casinos this is a very lucrative thing that he cannot have if he leaves Arizona. That's the reason, more than anything, that the Coyotes are staying here. For sure, for sure. And, I, you know, it's so funny. I don't know why this is what I'm stuck on because literally it's, a, what, it's like 110 out. But when I was thinking about Houston, I was like, what's well, so humid in, Tex- in Houston? Like, how would that work? I mean, obviously there's a team in Dallas. I don't know why that's where my brain just went on that one. Houston's worse, though. You, you're right about the When you compare the climates, when you go to Houston, it's like, it's a swamp. Yeah. I, covering, I covered an ASU football game there in the middle of winter, and I walked outside. It was like 90 degrees with 90% <laughs> humidity. I, you're like soaked within five minutes. I know. I don't know why I got stuck on that one. And then the other thing, too, that we didn't fit on that X'd out graphic, but um, back in, I think it was around 2009, when they were talking about moving the team to Hamilton, Ontario. <laughs> and, yeah, as somebody who, and as somebody who grew up in Toronto um, – I don't know why they would have an NHL team in Hamilton. No offense to the people of Hamilton. You're very lovely. And I love your CFL team, but <laughs> I just. I'm not going to touch this one. Then. I will just, I'm just going to let you speak on Hamilton. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great place. Lovely people, but Look, you know. They've been rumored to go, to be going to Hamilton. Let's see, Portland, Oregon, which, you know, if you want to talk about sites where they almost moved, that one came the closest way back you know, in the, in the bankruptcy days, that one came the closest. I've been told that people were told to start looking for housing there. That's how close that one was. That was the only time that I've really felt that it was imminent that the Coyotes were going to be moving. But we heard the Winnipeg rumors before the Jets got the Thrashers to come there from Atlanta. We heard Quebec. We heard Seattle. I think the New York Post reported Vegas, even though Vegas was clearly going to be uh, an expansion franchise. Um, I think I just mentioned Seattle. Houston, man, I could just keep going on. Kansas City is another one that's been on the list. Oh, and we, yeah. we, we showed that. So it's insane how many rumored relocation sites the Coyotes have had. And yet, after 25 years, here they are still in the Valley. And, you know, I, I think I'm as confident as I've ever been that the Coyotes are staying in the Valley. Well, that's something that's really great to hear from you, especially. And also, you know, I had my little soapbox moment earlier as speaking of someone who who's lived here for a long time, has been a fan, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go back on my soapbox again, because for me too, it's when people just say, oh, just move the team. Mm -hmm. Well, when you move the team, it doesn't just affect the team itself. There's the people like you and me who cover the team. There's you know, everybody who, who is in the orbit of, of working for the team, covering the team and the fans. I mean, it, like I couldn't imagine being, you know, someone in Atlanta when they lost their franchise to Quebec. I mean, sorry, not Quebec, Winnipeg. Um, I was picturing the blue and white. So I thought of Quebec city, um, you know, that would just be devastating. And I think that the progress that has been made here in Arizona at a grassroots level, integrating, hockey into the culture here um and you know you look at a lot of former players who decided to retire here because who wouldn't want to live in Scottsdale or you know the surrounding areas and they're they've become coaches of their children's team and there's NHL players born here I mean they didn't necessarily grow up here but born here and you know you mentioned Austin Matthews earlier I just think it would be extremely extremely devastating to um the fans to employees to 
just everyone to move the team. And I hate that narrative so much. Um, we can all admit that this has been extremely messy, this whole arena situation, but keeping the team here in the right place, I feel will the team will thrive and the team will succeed. It's also, when you talk about relocating a team, it's, it's also bad business for the league because it erodes credibility. It erodes trust. Now there have been clearly some examples in the, in the distant past the the, the Thrashers moving to Winnipeg is the most recent one, but there, there, there were not a lot before that for a long time. And there's a reason for that. Again, as I said, it erodes credibility and trust in the league when they say that they're committing to a market. You know, if you're going to pack up and leave when you have, a, you know, a, a rough situation, then you're telling not just fans, but corporate sponsors, a, a lot of other people associated with the team that, hey, <laughs> don't be sure that this team is going to be here. So, be careful with your commitments. It's not good business. So there, there's that. And then, you know, we've talked a lot. Of, and I, I know I've written a lot in the past about people responsible for keeping the Coyotes in the Valley. And there, there are a few key figures. Clearly, Ice Arizona getting that sale done in 2013 was critical. And you can look at, you know, Alex Morello's ownership as well as being critical for the Coyotes in the Valley. But And Shane Doan, I should mention him as well, who stuck by this franchise through thick and thin. But to me, the, the guy that always rises to the top is Commissioner Gary Bettman. He has stood by this team and continually worked to find an arena solution. You know, when Atlanta moved, they didn't have an ownership group. So that's a pretty big problem to have. If you don't have someone who wants to own it in the city, that's an issue. Uh, the Coyotes don't have, an, don't have that problem. They have an arena issue that they've been trying to solve. And as long as they see a path forward, I see Gary Bettman staying committed to the Coyotes in Arizona. For sure. Um, I just want to point out someone in the comments, Andrew said, traffic in Houston is 100 times worse than Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there it is. Yeah, so always a good point as well. We, we haven't quite hit uh, bad levels like that, although everybody seems to be moving here from California. So hopefully we're not California 2.0 with that one. <laughs> but, um, Craig, the other thing I want to ask you, so, I mean, most recently, as in last week or the, the week before, whatever it was, um, the Coyotes did submit a proposal to the city of Tempe, and it um, came out that they were the only ones to submit a proposal. What does a timeline look for that? A, and hearing back, and if it is approved, what would a timeline for building an arena look like? Well, the, the latter question is a really good one that I think we'll cross that bridge when the time comes. Um, the city of Tempe put out a pretty lengthy statement after the RFP process closed, uh, among the, the the details they revealed were yes the Coyotes were the only team although it was it was under a different name um, the Coyotes were the only team that submitted a bid and they the Coyotes put out a statement saying that they did um, the city of Tempe said it would take several months multiple months to go through this entire process there'll be a, you know they'll they'll vet it with the public they'll they'll vet it clearly internally as well to look at all of the things that are on the table before they rule any further so. You know, I don't, I don't know how long we're taking, but it, it's it's not going to be anytime soon. It's not going to be by the start of the season. It could be mid-season before we know anything further from the city of Tempe. As far as construction, I don't know. You have to remediate that site. As everyone knows, it's the current compost site for the, the city of Tempe. I don't know the details in remediating a compost site, but it's not as basic as when you take over a vacant lot, clearly. So there, there needs to be some processing or whatever you want to call it of that land before they can get it ready. I do wonder about Alex Morello's ability to get something done a little more quickly than people project, you know, with, with a construction company and with his experience in, in the uh, casino industry, those, th those things seem to get slapped up in six months. So I don't know. I don't know. These, these are all questions, good questions to ask when we get a little farther down the road. But, you know, I don't know that it's appropriate yet to, to uh, look at all that stuff yet until we know if Tempe is actually going to, approve this bid. True. And, you know, all, all that we've talked about aside, everything that's happened, everything that could happen, just let's just pretend that the Coyotes were coming here where it's 1996 and you and I could decide exactly where to put this team in an arena from scratch, no logistics. Where would you put the team, Craig? It's tough because, I, I mean, I see the argument for downtown. It is more accessible for people from the West side, if they had something downtown, but again, going back to what I know about 
the season ticket base, where where the people are, the where the people live that go to these games and spend the money most on the Coyotes. I, I kind of feel like it's where they're looking right now. I mean, Los Arcos also would have been a great location right along the 101 corridor, but that's Los Arcos is really close to the current site. I mean, it could take you five minutes to get from one to the other. So this is the area that I would have looked in. Of course, selfishly, I, I wouldn't have mind if they had looked out in Southeast Gilbert as well. That would have been a, a really good location for me, but it clearly <laughs> would not have worked for, for anybody else. How could they not consider you? I when, know. When like, doing this? It's, a, it's a question that I have to this day. I mean, the fact that you drive from Gilbert to Glendale is just amazing. New freeway makes it better. I, I do like the new 202. It makes it a little bit easier. I don't have to go through the gut of the city anymore. I, I remember yeah. one commute where it took me two hours on a game night to get from my house to the game. It was crazy. Oh, my God. And, but weird. it could regularly take an hour and a half when I had to drive that way. Now, with, with the new 202 that goes around South Mountain, until I hook up with the 10, it's pretty easy driving, and then you have that that four miles of hell where you're just crawling along the I-10 before you get onto the 101. Classic, classic. Should we answer this question from Timothy? Could Memorial Coliseum be profitable in a five-year-ish time range, even with the investments necessary, just because of its far better location and the team could charge more for tickets? I just, I don't. Well, I don't. First of all, I don't see the team charging a lot more for tickets. I don't think that's the way to entice your fan base. Hey, we're moving to a, a really old arena. We're going to charge you more for the tickets. That's that's probably not good optics. It doesn't have luxury suites. It doesn't have a lot of the possibilities. Maybe they could put some of that money, and they're not going to put luxury suites into the Coliseum. At least I don't think they would. That would be a, a major reconstruction. So, I just, I can't see that place being being profitable in, in yeah. that shorter time frame, or maybe ever, unless, like I said, they did a radical reconstruction of the building. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, thinking about the question I asked, I, I agree with you that I think that the site they're looking at now is probably the best spot just because like you said, the 202 is right there. The 202 just, you know, connects the East Valley. Um, yeah. It's close to Scottsdale. It's close yeah, to downtown. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the option of the light rail as well. Um, you know, mm. Phoenix isn't known globally for its public transit, I would say. So, no. you know, you, you take it where you can get it. Um, and the light rail is a, a really good um, system that we do have, but it's just, it just doesn't go yeah. many places. So no, not even out to Glendale at this point, right? It, it doesn't come to Gilbert either. I, w I wish there were more spurs at least to you know, the major suburbs. I wish, I wish we had that, but I know there's going to be a lot I of know. pushback on that as well for the, the money spent and whether it will actually be profitable or even sustainable. Here's another question. Wouldn't they also get more from the NHL like the Islanders did in their small arena? Possibly. Yeah. There's, there's revenue sharing. We know about all that. The Coyotes have been a beneficiary of revenue sharing in the past, but again, I haven't looked at the economics of the Coliseum. That's, that's a deep dive for another day. All right, here's another one. From a logistic standpoint, when is the absolute latest date they'd have to confirm a 22-23 home? I don't know that there's a finite date on that. I, you know, you, you probably, yeah, I, I don't know if there's a, an actual date on that. You, it would be sometime in the summer, obviously, that you'd have to commit to that. But I don't know. You know, I, I don't know where he's going with that question, whether he's saying, oh, the, would they be moving somewhere else? I, I don't know. I don't know how long it would take to get all that together, but clearly season starts in October camps are in September. So you'd want enough time to get that in place to get all that set up. Fair enough. There's also another question in the chat, which um, we didn't get to assuming um, we leave Glendale at the end of the season and there's no other local arena suitable. Is there a scenario where the coyotes play outside of Arizona for a season or two? I can't envision that. I, I mean, I, I, I won't say never because you know, I don't know all the things that they're thinking, but I can't imagine them playing. It just it, it wouldn't be conducive to long-term success to basically say goodbye to your fan base for a, for a few years. What what are you doing there? I mean, I think it makes much more sense to find a you know not an ideal solution locally, but a solution to bridge the gap from Gila River Arena to Tempe. Again, yeah. assuming you get Tempe built, and that's not a fait accompli yet. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, well, I mean, thank you. To, oh, here's one more question. They keep coming are in. We, are we selling out luxury boxes in Gila River right now anyway? No. 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 Definitely not. But there, <laughs> there, there's no option for sale at the Coliseum. So, One, one more. If they put, bought an ice plant for the Coliseum, could they put it in the new arena? 
in Tempe? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. You know, just things to keep Again, on our radar. I, I don't want to. I'm not technically savvy to know. Okay, does this one actually work in a new arena, or or are they trying to find something you know less expensive for the the short term? These are all questions I would have to ask. I don't know. It. I suppose it's possible, but yeah. that would be a question that I would have to ask, and I wouldn't want to answer it without talking to someone who knows a lot more about that topic than I do. Fair, fair enough. Well, thank you to everybody who's been putting uh, live questions in our YouTube. If you're catching us on YouTube right now, we want to remind you, you can make sure you never miss out on the show by subscribing to the PHNX Coyotes podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, turn on the little bell icon so you can be notified anytime any of our shows are going live. Um, somebody in the chat had asked earlier if all of our YouTube shows will be free even if they are do have a membership yes our everything on youtube will always be free however we will um, often have videos behind the paywall extra content for you um, those are the kinds of things behind the paywall but our live shows will always be free on youtube and wherever you listen to podcasts as well um, and like i said earlier be sure to subscribe today or become a member today because today is the last day to get access to all the content before it goes behind the paywall. And if you've been following Craig for any time now, you know that you want to be part of that because Craig is where you can find the answers to all things. Or they just want a free t-shirt. <laughs> or if they just want a free t-shirt. I haven't heard an update yet about how our shirt's doing, but last we heard it was the top shelling shirt. Um, but check out all the shirts because they're all amazing. There's more coming. Um, and we'll take shirt recommendations as well. If you have them, <laughs> tweet them at us. Point. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like where this is going with me recently, but yeah, I mean, we <laughs> have we'll some ideas for Craig, yeah. you know, maybe we have to get one in for PD. So if you have any ideas that incorporate PD tweet, tweet at us, um, at PHNX underscore coyotes on Twitter, um, P at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Craig's articles will also be posted there on Facebook as well. So just, you know, make sure you're following along because we're just getting started here. Have we located PD yet, by the way? I have not heard from well, him in a few hours. I'm very concerned. Yeah, we'll keep working <laughs> well, on that. PD, yeah, hope you're safe. Yeah, PD, if you can hear us, give us a sign. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> he's well, not trapped under something heavy right now where he can't text us. I know, right? Well, PD will be back with us um, on live shows later in the week. We'll be live. We think. We think. We, we hope, we hope if he, if he's, if he's okay out there, uh, we'll be live Wednesday and Friday at one o'clock. Um, we'll have podcasts for you Tuesday and Thursday. PD might be on tomorrow's podcast. We don't really know. Like we said, he's MIA. So <laughs> we have no clue. Um, but you can, you know, keep tabs on our Twitter at Leah Merrill at Craig Morgan. Is that your, is Craig that your S. Morgan? Oh, Craig S. Morgan. I was just like, right. there's a more famous like, Craig Morgan out there. <laughs> and yeah, you can follow PD too. At, I've been mistaken for the country singer a lot, and then people get disappointed when they realize it's just me. Man. Well, and you can follow PD too, because he's new to tweeting, so he needs a lot of love on Twitter. But he's doing <laughs> great. I think he's doing great so far. Yeah, he's, he's getting the hang of uh, maybe not getting Twitter quite yet. But it's yeah, okay. We'll be, we'll be kind to PD because we don't know where he is right now. So Exactly. Perfect. Well... Thank you so much for tuning into our show today. We'll be back with the podcast for you tomorrow, back live on Wednesday. And maybe as the season goes on, we'll have more answers to all of these arena questions. And don't forget Discord tonight. Yep. Six o'clock for the black and white scrimmage on our members only Discord. We'll see you tonight.